The truly creative mind in any field is no more than this, a human creature born abnormally, inhumanely sensitive. To them, a touch is a blow, a sound is a noise, a misfortune is a tragedy, a joy is an ecstasy, a friend is a lover, a lover is a god, and failure is death. Add to this cruelly delicate organism the overpowering necessity to create, 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 so that without the creating of music or poetry or books or buildings or something of meaning, their very breath is cut off. They must create, must pour out creation by some strange, unknown inward urgency that they are not really alive unless they are creating. Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have my good friend here. How's it going, man? Happy to be back. No, it shouldn't be about anything. Like, this is yeah. one life. Yeah, one life? Like, fucking yeah. do it. My guy. But she just got it. She totally understood it. 20 years old when I started just watching a lot of movies. How it, and it tells a story. I want to tell a story. Today I have a very special guest, good friend, artist, and actor, and writer, I should say, Andrea Vera. What's going on? How are you, Andrea? Pretty good. Um, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast, uh, sharing your journey and experience. Um, you know, uh, when I met you at the uh, Toronto Shorts International Film Festival, uh, I was introduced to you by my uh, a mutual, our mutual friend, uh, Iman Heather, a talented, lovely actress uh, who was part of, obviously, Lady of the Night, one of my acclaimed short films. So it was a true honor to meet you and uh, know that we have another uh, creative in our circle. Yeah, it was such a pleasure to meet you. Um, it was really great seeing your film as well. I wasn't I didn't really know what to expect when I was going into it, but um, it was really, really good. And the acting in it was phenomenal. The script writing was really good. Like I loved how in depth the characters went even though it was just like a small frame of time, you could really see like the intricacies and like the thought that went into each character. Wow, that means a lot. Thank you. Because that's exactly what I was going for when I wrote this. Uh, shout out to Abiel Michael, who helped me write this as well, came up with the premise. Um, that's what it is, right? It's like exploring the human condition, but how do we do it in the most believable right way, right? And Iman and I, we often joke around every time we kind of see each other and we re reflect on the film because uh, I wrote most of the dialogue um and specifically so with the female character when she told me like you know this is amazing like I believe it um this is something that's authentic to me I took a lot of gratitude I, I was really gratified by that because um obviously I'm not a woman but the fact that I could tap into that psyche and, and understand like what they would say in the right moments because as a woman I would say for yourself like you would detect if something's kind of contrived or forced would you agree yeah yeah I definitely didn't feel that at all like the lines were like they were so smooth and like they sounded like they belonged with the character. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. I'm so happy. Thank yeah. you again uh, for your compliments. I, I really appreciated it. And um, it was really nice to, to, again, meet you and and learning more about your creative journey. Um, I know Iman spoke very highly of you. You're a very good friend to her. And uh, she says that you're very creative. And uh, like I said, I'm just always happy to know as, especially as a director, that there's other actresses <laughs> around, right? Because uh, there's tons of projects um, to be had and, uh, yeah, uh, upon our interaction at the festival, I was very pleased to learn uh, that you're a working actress in the city of Toronto. And like I was explaining, um, I'm a writer and director, so I'm always looking for talent. Uh, but I want to know from yourself, what is it about acting and, that motivated you to pursue it as a profession? Well, I started acting when I was in high school, and I just took it as a drama credit. Like, I didn't okay, really... Nice. 
I didn't think that I was going to like it that much. Like I wasn't really sure. I just took it. <laughs> and as I went into it, I started to like really fall in love with it and just love being on stage. And most importantly, I love telling stories. Right. So I ended up taking drama all four years, um, like the extracurricular drama where we did theater. Mm -hmm. And then I took film class um, in grade 11. And even though it was the same class in grade 12, I took it again. So um, by grade 12, I actually, I experienced like sort of a tough time in my life where I went through like anxiety and depression. It was like my first time oh. experiencing something like that yes. before. And I came to realize that sort of the only thing that would like get me out of bed in the morning was just knowing that I was going to be in theater and going to drama class and doing film. And so, yeah, essentially it just became something that was the only thing that would get me out of bed in the morning. So I was like, I'd be a fool to not keep exploring this and pursuing it. Yeah, of course. Right. If it makes you happy, that's just my whole philosophy in life. That's why I'm doing this grueling, but uh, you know, highly satisfying, fulfilling, I should say profession of filmmaking because people often yeah. say like, why are you so crazy to keep doing it? Cause I have a lot of setbacks, yeah. a lot of failures, but I really do believe it'll all come together. And Again, like you complimenting someone I don't know, I've never met before, complimenting my work and just saying how how much uh, she enjoyed the film and how captivating it was. I mean this, it really, me it, it speaks to me because it tells me like I have something and if I yeah. give up now, um, I, I won't, I'll just, it'll be a disservice to myself. You know what I mean? And I, I need to, to kind of keep going. And it's interesting that you said you used um, the arts, like it was this passion that kind of kept you out of bed and- um, mm -hmm. Yeah, kept you going, kept you happy. You had a tough time in high school. Is that what it was? And and this was kind of like a an avenue for yourself to explore? Yeah, it was mostly just like the last year. I think I was just kind of going through like a like existential sort of crisis where I didn't no, yeah. really know. You know, grade 12 is like a big year where you kind of get to decide where you want to take your life um, post-secondary. So I was, I think that was like the biggest thing for me. I was just kind of really stressed about where I was going to take my life. And also I was just dealing with stuff like family issues. So that for me was like, I think it was the first time really navigating that. And I didn't really know um, like what it even was. So I had a tough time like really navigating it and like understanding what was happening to me. I understand. Yeah, no, I relate to that as well, right? Like the existential crisis. I kind of go through that often, <laughs> even though, even though I, yeah. I feel like I know what I'm going, like, you know what I mean? I'm pursuing uh, <laughs> yeah. but I often feel that for sure, especially I, I would say I had that more so in the last year of university, uh, my fourth year when I was studying at Ryerson, or I should say Toronto Metropolitan. Um, yeah, I was studying marketing, right? I have a bachelor of commerce degree, but I was saying oh, to myself, wow, yeah. how do I pursue film? Right. I got people that I know that are in film school or people doing YouTube videos. Like I had nothing, Andrea, like no 94 productions, nothing to my name. And I really had a moment to myself and I said, like what I'm doing like, it's great. I did the four years, but I never thought long-term, like, is this really wanna, what I want to do for the rest of my life? Now, luckily for me, I was able to integrate the two and combine them. It's not like I studied, you know, philosophy or anything like that. Uh, yeah. even some could argue you could work that in, right, as a writer. But <laughs> yeah, marketing is such a critical element uh, in today's age, right, with social media that I was able to work it in. So I definitely That's relate true. to, yeah, I definitely relate to what you're saying. Like, um, it's a tough time. They're formative years for a reason, right? We're all trying to figure out who we are. And a lot of people will argue, you know, we're in our 20s now, like, um, it's not always said and done, you know what I mean? Like, you could hit 30 and say, like, oh, I'm not really happy what I'm doing. I want to change and, and figure it out for myself and do something else. Do you see yourself? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, do you see yourself 
always doing this profession or are there times when you might stem away and, and do something else entirely different? Yeah, I think I'm just a really multifaceted person. So okay. I like having like a little bit of everything in my life and I right. like my day to kind of look different. So um, yeah, I'm always open to new passions, like evolving over time and just kind of seeing where that takes me. But I know that acting will always be a part of my life one way or another. Um, like I love it. It's, it's really like, it's like a fuel to my life. So I feel yeah. like I, I need to do it. So it's, um, I know that it'll always be a really big part of my life. It speaks to you. Yeah. And that, and that's what it is. That's what I was explaining, right? As much as I have those days where I don't want to get out of bed, or I have those days where I just don't feel like, you know, this is, this is going to come into fruition. Um, this whole dream of mine, um, there's a part of me that always tells me this is all I want to do. And this is all that I know. That's a big thing too. Yeah. I don't know if you say that to yourself, like, this is all I know. I tell people that a lot. It's like, <laughs> I can't afford to do something else because I just yeah. don't have the willpower, or the intelligence to do it. This is all I mm -hmm. want to do. Like I'm designed to be creative. And, you know, speaking again of Iman, like that's something that her and I always kind of uh, bonded over. Like we, we always discussed that. And she, she pointed out that characteristic is like, you're so creative that I'm sure you'll always find a way, you know what I mean? And I took that very, very much to yeah. heart because I can't see myself like sitting in an office doing bookkeeping. You know what I mean? Like I'll just die. Yeah. I've done it before. I just, <laughs> it's not going to work out. You know? <laughs> You know what I mean? So I'm sure that's like every artist like worth. Right. There. Yes. That's exactly. why we do it because we don't want that. <laughs> exactly. We're trying our best. Like we're so desperate yeah. not to live that life, even though some people call <laughs> us crazy because it's so steady and secure. And I think that's yeah. what it is. It's like, I hate that because like you're killing my creative fat, fire, my passion. Right. Um, yeah. Every day is monotonous. Like I don't want to relive it. You know what I mean? Like Groundhog Day. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just want every day to be an adventure. That's that's just how always how how I envisioned it you know every day is like something new and different that's even how I structure my days right that's why you see me not just the filmmaker but I also am a podcast host right I also have a production mm -hmm. uh clothing line or I do dance music videos like I am always trying like you said multifaceted that's what I think most creatives are um because yeah. you don't want to be pigeonholed or you know pegged into one situation um yeah, that's, exactly. that's how yeah that's how the creative fire dies Perfect. So yeah. glad we're on the same page about that. Um, I want to know, cause you were speaking about acting, you know, this being a burning desire, something you, you constantly need to pursue and you don't see it letting up anytime soon. What type of characters do you most desire to portray in film or television? I think um, I love a character that I could really sink my teeth into. Like I, I like to see a character that goes through like a lot of difficulties in life right. and that, regardless of the difficulties is able to keep moving forward and like have that sort of message of hope to other people um to be able to convey like inspiration and and also just to see like the realities of life and um I guess the complexity of of people awesome yeah so like there's no that's really well said. Like it's a noble cause, obviously, to explore those kinds of people. That's what I mean by like the human condition. Um, those are attributes that uh, a lot of human beings kind of uh, experience, right? Um, it's not so much to portray the people that don't have any flaws to them. That's why I write my characters. Someone asked me, I think quite recently, like, you know, what values do you want it reflected in your films? And for me, I'm always about either the underdog or the rebel, or maybe even both. You know what I mean? Because that's how mm. I identified with that my whole life. You know, I've always been the guy you know, I've had some privileges. I don't get me wrong, you know, I've been fortunate uh, with my life, but there have been times when most times I should say I felt like the underdog and this whole profession entirely. Like I didn't go to film school. I don't know anybody. So every time I meet someone, every time I make something of myself, it always reminds me of the kid that, you know, just had a passion and knew nothing else. Right. So that's where the underdog kind of stems from. 
and that rebellion, mm-hmm. the, the rebel, I should say something you probably share with, with me as well is, you know, someone that yeah. side, right. Of, of the conventional way of pursuing a career and you decided to pursue acting. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so getting back to like, you know, the whole concept behind what drives us uh, to pursue this crazy profession. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I want to know from you, like what motivates you to continue being an artist, despite the setbacks and frustrations uh, that the industry commonly provides? I think just the fact that it's more of like a need rather than like a want. Yeah. So when I find myself like resorting to just trying to like be normal um, or like work like normal jobs or you know if I find myself like sort of questioning like oh can I just do like a normal nine to five and like not have to do this um I just end up feeling so far removed from myself right and just like so dead <laughs> inside <Yeah. laughs> so I get it. um I, it's like a need like I I really don't know how else to describe it but there was this quote, if you just give me a second to pull yes, it up. Yes, please. I um, would love inspirational quotes. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw my professor from school. He posted it and it just nice. really hit home for me. Perfect. Um, so it goes like this. The truly creative mind in any field is no more than this. A human creature born abnormally, inhumanely sensitive. To them, a touch is a blow. A sound is a noise. A misfortune is a tragedy. A joy is an ecstasy, a friend is a lover, a lover is a god, and failure is death. Add to this cruelly delicate organism the overpowering necessity to create, 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 so that without the creating of music or poetry or books or buildings or something of meaning, their very breath is cut off. They must create, must pour out creation. By some strange, unknown inward urgency that they are not really alive unless they are creating. And it's by Pearl S. Buck. Wow, that was actually beautiful. I'm not gonna lie, because it spoke to me. <laughs> um, the key <laughs> word for me was sensitivity, um, and that's something I guess you would probably describe yourself. Would you say you're a very sensitive individual growing up? Yeah, I'm definitely. I've always been extremely. You've sensitive. always been right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I say this because you know, especially in this day and age, right? Like people commonly perceive, especially you men, like you can't be too sensitive, but. I'll be honest, like when I was a kid growing up, I was overly sensitive, like I would just absorb everything. Um, And I think it was just how I was raised or like (laughs) credit to my mom there. But I never knew how to channel it or express it. So that's why I'm saying this passage like meant something to me is that's what it's trying to say is like, it's this urgency, this this need, this compulsion to um, find find something different um, to express and channel that energy um, into something beautiful, right? Because I could never find my place because of that notion, right? Because the common stereotype is like, yo, like you should not, you should know how to be tough and thick skin. And and while I developed those things, thanks to this career, I always see myself as a sensitive guy. Like I always see myself empathizing with people and feeling for people because I know what it's like. You know what I mean? That's why I go back to like being the underdog or the rebel. Like I know what it's like and I feel for those people. And if I don't, I try my best to feel for them, which is why I do this Mm -hmm. podcast as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that was one of the stepping stones for you? Like with being sensitive, like, is that why acting became such a profound uh, opportunity? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely like such a huge outlet. I feel like I've been so sensitive my whole life too. Right. Um, so it was, it was really refreshing to have something where my vulnerability wasn't like repressed. It was celebrated. Yeah. Um, so that always like means a lot to me because even in like, like I went to school for uh, acting. 
Right. And, and yeah, so it always required you to be extremely open and vulnerable. And when you're so used to like repressing those things your whole life and like, just kind of having like a, almost like a shell of like, you know, of not being sensitive. um, It's really eye-opening and it just helps you change so much as a person to be like in touch with your emotions. And it also just helps you like make better decisions in life to be like um, really attached to your emotional center. I feel like it's just kind of like going with your gut and going with the flow. And I think that's a huge part um, in being an artist. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Yeah, for sure. And I'm so happy that you were able to find um, something that worked for you, um, something that you were able to kind of channel, again, that sensitivity and express it into something that uh, you make into your own. Because a lot of people, right, suffer and they don't know um, how they can, you know, channel all that energy. Like that. that's something for me, like as much as I love film, I never knew what I could do with it. And then I started realizing when I wrote, wrote stories, i.e. Lady of the Night, that's where mm-hmm. I, that's where I'm able to access that vulnerability. That's where you're able to, as an audience member, understand and really feel the characters is because I project, project everything I absorb from people and what I hear. And I put myself in those scenarios, um, you know, to best um, serve it justice. And, you know, speaking of writing, uh, that's something that you've kind of hinted to me before the podcast. I know aside from acting, um, that's what you do as well. You write yeah. uh, poetry and um, yeah. are you writing screenplays as well? I'm not writing screenplays. No, Um, I tried it in school. So we had a screenwriting class and, and that was, it was really hard for me. Like writing lines is so difficult. Um, I grew up just kind of writing since I was like, since I can remember since I was like seven, I have like stacks of journals. Um, And it was just an outlet for me to express my vulnerability. And so I always just wrote long form or I would write like poetry. So that's just kind of what I'm used to. Um, and I grew up reading a lot too. So um, nice. screenwriting is definitely like alien to me almost. Um, but it was really difficult, especially just making the lines sound um, normal and not um, not weird. Um, and that's actually something that really stood out to me from your film was right. I thought that it was like the best like screenwriting in terms of like um, dialogue. <laughs> Thank it was you. so natural. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. No, that means a lot because I, uh, I should mention this as I always do <laughs> Tarantino being my hero. Um, there's a reason for that is because a lot of people will say his dialogue is swift, cool, like slick, but also very believable. And that's something that I always try to emulate in my screenplays. Um, that, that's kind of artistry, that, that craftsmanship that he uh, masterfully delivers. Um, that's something that I, you know, hope to, um, uh, I aspire to have, right. Like, you know, see my films like 10 years, 20 years from now, Daniel Calderon, 94 productions, you'll always associate something of that attribute, right? Like, wow, his dialogue, it's so rich and like, it's believable. And, and that's why I love his film. So that's, that's honestly means a lot. And I, and I really appreciate that. And, and I can understand, um, how challenging screenwriting is. Um, I've been writing since I was about 17, 18 years old. I wrote my first feature length wow. screenplay. Yeah. It's, thank you. It's one of many, like, Screenplay. That's really cool, yeah. Yeah, that's one of many uh, screenplays um, that I've developed uh, over the course of my 20s. So I've written about four or five feature length and they're like passion projects. So those are like lock and key, I call it, because they're when I'm doing all these projects to build my portfolio, build my craftsmanships and all the connections. Um, so that way, yeah, when when I have a producer that's like, yo, <laughs> I like this. Let's, let's yeah. I like your style. I like, you know, like you said, I like your dialogue. I like how you write. I say, well, instead of telling me to go away for six months and write something here, let's do it right now. Here's a script, right? So that's amazing. 
Yeah, thank you. It's um, my point being is that uh, it really comes down to uh, just repetitive, repetitive, repetition, <laughs> repetitive, <laughs> repetition, and <laughs> um, just commitment. But also, if it motivates you, right? Like you could be a writer, but maybe screenplays is not what captivates you. It's not something that inspires you to write. Um, yeah. So what I'm saying is like, not to say like you need to, that's your next move as an actress. Now you got to start writing scripts and become a director. It's like, no, what if you just enjoy poetry? I think that's really beautiful. I think it's also beautiful too. Something Iman did on set. Uh, I don't know if she wrote poetry, but it's a way to access your character. Would you say you integrate the two or is it completely separate? Yeah. Um, I like to journal as my characters so that right, I feel more mean. connected to them. Yeah. So yeah. like at the end of the day, I'll just go home and like write a right like what they're thinking or what they're feeling nice. um or kind of just what they're going through yeah it just nice. helps it be more real in my head and um and yeah just to build off whatever was going on even on set that day like you know so, of course yeah no no for for sure right like it helps you ask those questions that you maybe not haven't thought of right like that that's what i do as a writer i'll ask questions yeah. like why is that why is she wearing a hat in this scene or like why is he picking up that ball and then you just yeah. by asking those questions, you start elaborating and your mind goes wild and says, oh, maybe it's because, you know, he was suffering from a trauma, but, you know, maybe it reminds him of his brother who lost, you know, I don't know, just like it, it, it uh, takes you away. Right. But that's the important thing is always be curious, always be asking questions. That's that's where uh, creativity stems from and be willing to take the risk because we don't know if it's going to if it's going to stick. Right. If it's going to be successful. Yeah exactly no yeah it was really nice to see um like the richness that iman brought to the character you can definitely yes. see that she did a lot of work with that so yes. um whatever she was doing the journaling it really worked for her yeah no no for sure she was the highlight for sure um she was one of the things that stood out a lot of people told me um because i sent it around like all different cities locations and things like that and a lot of people from the industry were telling me like yeah well she's a very strong actress and she delivered beautifully and and that's what it is right like there's there's certain roles that just um you know you fit because <laughs> i've seen like other characters portray things and i'm i'm the kind of guy where i watch a movie and if i see an actor portray this character and he does it um effectively i can't see them do it in another role you know what i mean like i always yeah. see them as that character that character i know actors hate <laughs> that right because that's what yeah. they call pigeonhole but uh or typecast i should say but yeah. uh when you hit it, you hit it hard. And like, that's what I'm saying about Iman. Like when she hits that character, like when I see Iman, like I think of that character sometimes, like she really like sold it, you know what I mean? And uh, good for her. So shout out to you, Iman. Um, yeah. So conversing with you uh, in our short time together at the film festival, I came to understand that you were recently accepted to the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, uh, Television mm -hmm. and Radio Artists, or better known as ACTRA. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the organization, it is a national union in Canada that operates and protects uh, artists and performers in the media and entertainment industry. So why did you decide to become involved with this union? Well, all throughout school, like they really, they loved ACTRA. Like all our professors um, were part of ACTRA and they were people that I really looked up to. So I knew that I wanted to be ACTRA um eventually right. but we got a credit in school when we graduated to become actra and i chose not to take it because i just wanted to really build more of a portfolio and more experience um so i did more non-union work and um and so it kind of just came to a point where i was like okay i'm like ready to move on um to do more union work and there's a lot of benefits to being an actra one of them being 
um, that you are protected on set in terms of like having fair working conditions and having a minimum adequate pay. Right. But in the long run, like if you're really thinking about it as a career, it also helps you with like um, receiving health insurance in the future and retirement benefits. So that's huge if you really are, if this is going to be your livelihood full time. Yeah. 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 And there's also um, also the preference of engagement over non-member performers. So. Um, so, yeah, they know that people who are in ACTRA are usually people who have experience already and you know, sure. take it very seriously. Yep. So, yeah. So I think it's just always great to work with um, ACTRA. No, for sure. It basically allows you to be a full-time actor or actress, I should say, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you treat it like a, a career. Because uh, if you don't have that union uh, membership, that protection, essentially, it's you just make, getting all these gigs yourself. And yeah, it's not working. And smart. I think that's important, too. Yeah, I think that's yeah. important when you get started. At least for me, it was because it really helped me to just like, throw myself out there like right. on my own and that's like the scariest thing I think when you don't have like all these people around yeah, you yeah. like you no, know sure. so it was really just me like um, networking and like doing passion projects with other people and I enjoyed that so much honestly it was like a big I was a little bit sad that I wouldn't be able to be a part of those passion projects anymore um, unless they were Actra which is very much possible um, I actually worked on one this past summer that was a passion project and it was um, fully like they set up a GoFundMe link so it was fully um, funded by like audience members and like the yeah. public yeah, yeah. and everybody that came together we were all friends um, so we didn't even care really about like getting paid we just wanted to like bring the oh, vision forward perfect. yeah yeah but even then they they were able to make it into an actual production and get everyone paid and it was just the best experience that I had on set that's awesome. I'm really, really relieved to hear that, right? Because as artists, yeah. that's something that I was telling my family, like, and friends is I've come to a point um, as I approach my 30s where I'm trying to make a living while pursuing this passion because I know it's only going to get more intensified. And yeah. people, um, I'm going to naturally want to elevate my career and evolve it because I'm already in that situation where people are telling me like, okay, you've done these short films, they've gone into festivals, you got recognition. Now you got to start making features. The problem is, is like, I'm also trying to like, uh, make money and and make make something for myself while I do it, and I I think I've that's been my struggle my whole, um, the whole time I've been pursuing this venture is trying to find that balance, you know. Um, so I'm just happy like I I know what that feeling's like. It's you're doing it for a passion project, and then to know that you're getting paid for it, it's that relief, right? Because not a lot of people get paid to do what they love, you know. So it was like a bonus for you. Um, yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and. Yeah. How has the membership since joining the union benefited your career as an actress? Like, are you noting, noticing like more frequent uh, auditions or landing more auditions because of it? So I've, re I've very recently joined ACTRA. Um, okay. The process itself, like to do the training and like the paperwork, oh, okay. it takes quite a, it took quite a while for me. Right. So I'm still actually training. I'm still in like the transitional phase. Got it, got so it. I haven't really had much experience with auditioning being ACTRA just yet, but when I do, I will, I will let you know. <laughs> You'll be back on the podcast. <laughs> I'll be right back on the podcast. <laughs> the whole episode just being about the transition process. <laughs> yeah, just edit me in. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, yeah, but perfect. Okay, well, yeah. Um, yeah, like I was explaining, I knew you were like kind of freshly joining. I just wasn't sure of the process, what it was like. Um, and I knew it's uh, very intricate, like it requires certain things to be done, but um, that's great. As long as you're in um, and now you're doing it, um, 
how's the training like? Do you, is it something that you have to commit full time, or do you also work on the side? Like, is this something you're full in? Yeah. So I I also have um. I also work on the side. I work okay. as a personal assistant, okay, nice. um, which actually also allows me to be creative. So I do a lot of social media managing nice. um, and like content creation. Nice. Um, uh, but yeah, it's not something that I'm doing full time just yet, but I would love to in the future. Yeah, for sure. No, it's like I said, it's every artist's dream. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's what it is, right? It's just a matter of picking up that momentum and you, you're in the right place. Actually, we'll, we'll uh, grant you that uh, depending on once it <laughs> once you f- finish that transition process, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you recommend other actors to join this union if they are seeking a successful career in the performing arts or is it not needed? Um, you know, the I think the business is changing a lot these days. I'm seeing a lot of really good non-union productions as well that right. pay really well, right. um, but they just aren't going through ACTRA. So yeah. A lot is changing, but I think just based off of like past successful actors in Toronto, like for example, my professors that I looked up to right. um, and continue to look up to, they, from their experience, like I'm just kind of following in their footsteps. Um, you know what they say, like, if you want something, like look at people that you admire around you and like try to kind of emulate that or um, see what they did and see how you could do it better. Right. So um so in my experience, yeah, I would I would say so. Yeah, it, it worked out for you. I I bring that up only because for the art for the actor that is, what if I, I've come across them where they want to do these productions that are not actor supported? So for example, a production like mine, right? I don't go through actor, and yeah. they really want to do it because of the script and like what they can do. like that's the stipulation. Unfortunately, um, I've heard from actor as you can only do it if it's supported by the union. Is, yeah, you can't work. Yeah. on non-union productions at all right otherwise you get like kicked out of actra and that's crazy i don't think you can get back in so yeah it's really like you know gotta risk it but all you can, you, <laughs> yeah you can always uh <laughs> you can always uh leave actra if you want to like so if i don't know a really i'm gonna slap a script on your desk up. and Andrea's gonna say i left actra i'm, I'm not kidding <laughs> not maybe me but they're like think about this right from an artist's perspective what if you do come across that script it's like, yeah. and you're perfect for the role, right? Um, for me, people have told me like maybe uh, try and get into a union as well as a director. And again, those are stipulations like you can't do your own thing and it has to be very uh, regulated. And for me, it's like what I'm trying to do. Again, I'm, I'm trying to emulate the rebel, the Tarantino. My films, there's a reason why I'm able to do them is because there's no one to tell me I can't do it. You know what I mean? A certain way. And how else can yeah. you create your own unique expression? So that's what I mean by like, obviously it's necessary like what you're describing is great of course i'm just trying to think of it more from like a true true artist not to denounce anyone that's an artist here but you know what i mean like how far can you go with it if you're always being regular does that make sense yeah yeah for sure there's a lot of regulations with actra i myself saw um on the passion project that we worked on right um which is called road driven by the way and it's coming out this summer can't wait Um, to see it Please send the link. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, <laughs> very, very exciting. Yeah. But even with them, like I saw a lot of the like strict regulations that Actra had. Like there were so many guidelines and yeah, you can't work past just a, a certain lot of, hour. A yeah. lot of paperwork and right? just like a lot of going back and forth. And yeah, it definitely made the process more tedious. But I think it was worth it, um, just in terms of like protecting actors. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like this is what I mean by. Um, I'm at that juxtaposition where 
uh, of course I want to be the artist and like, yeah, a rebel. And like, I, I do my own thing and no one's telling me what to do. And I have the team of, of, of other rebels. <laughs> We're just like making it happen. Right. But then there's mm -hmm. a part of me where I've been on situations, I've been in productions where that protection I've could have, I, I, I needed, you know what I mean? Like it, it would have helped me. It would have saved me a lot of money or it would have saved me a lot of stress. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like the, the union is sometimes there for a reason. So, cause as we know with the art, artist industry, it's unregulated. It's all over the place. There's no one, there's no structure to it. Uh, there's no formula yeah. I should say, but these unions are put into place on purpose to protect Andrea. If I hire you kind of thing, right. It's like, there's this like understanding and agreement like you're not going to go over the time now we have maybe a different relationship because you understand like who i am as a creative or like through iman let's just say that right but i'm saying if we yeah. if i just hired you right through an email or like through yeah. a PM, how do you how much do you how, how do you know you're not being taken advantage of um creatively like like uh with your time um and your effort you know how do i yeah. how do you know like i'm not you show up because i've we've all been i don't know if you've experienced it, we've been in those situations where you're standing around doing nothing and then demanding like more time than what was required right yeah it's definitely a risk that you take when you do non-union productions yeah. um but sometimes i've honestly never really had like that bad of an experience with non-union productions um thankfully so i'm sh i don't know maybe there are people who have out there but um i've had good experiences with non-union work so yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, if you're if you're enjoying what you do, right, it shouldn't be stressful. I'm just like I've heard stories and like how, um, like people have told me like, oh, on Lady of the Night, like you're such a calm, like relaxed director, and you have like a great leadership uh, like quality to yourself. Like, and I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, I've been on sets where the director's like snapping and like freaking out on people, and and I'm just thinking mm -hmm. in those situations, like, can you do that if you have a union involved? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can mm -hmm. you uh, go past those ethics, right? Um. So again, everyone's experiences are different and I'm, and I'm really uh, happy that you didn't uh, have any like crazy uh, certain experiences. I was fortunate as well. Like I've, when I used to shadow directors, like I, I witnessed other people like dealing with kind of situations. Um, and I myself had moments like that, but because most of my productions, like I was in control, I always made sure that it was like a safe place. Um, because it's so important. Creativity is such a, a fine balance. People don't get it. Like if you start pissing everybody off and everybody feels uneasy, it's going to show in the performance and how everything uh, is set up. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely such a group, like ensemble, like effort. So yeah. Um, like, yeah. I don't and believe everyone in ruling plays a part. Like, so yeah. Like I don't believe in like ruling with an iron fist. Like I believe in speaking when you need to, right. Like you're telling you like, Hey, listen, you need to be punctual if you want to make, if you want to continue working on this project, because I'm not going to tolerate that. But also not being like freaking out on set and like making you feel uncomfortable to the point where it affects your performance. Cause guess what you lose in the end, not you, me, yeah. the director. Right. So it's like understanding that balance. Um, but that's great. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you're part of this union. I'm very excited for you because I've heard great Thank things you. about it. The festival I think was sponsored by Actra uh, that I was speaking of the Toronto shorts international film festival. Oh, cool. so, yeah, yeah. I think that was, I think that was something that I noticed on their website. Um, so yeah, I hear great things about you and I wish you best, uh, best of luck for it. Thank you so much. Yes, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Good luck with um, directing and I can't wait to see your future projects. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Andrea. And I hopefully we get to work together someday. Yeah, <laughs> we will. We will. Uh, I, I definitely have uh, an array of projects, uh, you know, that, that are on the list and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out in the future. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, everybody, for your time, uh, for listening. Thank you again, Andrea, for coming on to the podcast, and we'll talk soon.